Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
This is power. This is tradition. This is Talladega. The biggest party in NASCAR returns April 27th through 29th. Bring the whole family out to Talladega Super Speedway for the Kid VIP experience. Kids 12 and under can choose from a number of great options behind the scenes, like guided garage tours, pre-race photo ops, and more. This is more than a race. This is Talladega. from Duggan Nation. I'm Tennis Payne alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson, right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But right now, let's bring on Reverend Joe, the official reverend of the show. Reverend, how you doing this evening, buddy? Not too bad. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's race week here in Dagan. I can't wait. Uh, I'm taking off a few days and going to enjoy everything, go out and do some media stuff and uh, sort of let everybody know what all's going on here at the this 2.66 mile monster right out my back door, River. Try, try not to wear out those new hips. I won't. I won't. I, I, I've got me a grease fitting installed, and I'm going to shoot a little bit of grease in there, you know, maybe some heavyweight grease, uh, just to make sure I stay limber. <laughs> <Good idea. laughs> How you doing, Reverend? How you and Betty doing? Well, we're doing okay. There's been uh, a little bit of sickness going around, but we're surviving. Yes, sir. Doing? Amen. I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Reverend, okay. go ahead and crank okay. everything up, brother. Let's get everything started. Alrighty, Lord, we come before you this week, and once again we ask your blessings upon all we do. Watch over us, guide us, help us. Thank you for a safe weekend. Last weekend of racing, please give us a safe weekend this weekend for all involved with all auto racing all over the country and all over the world. Be with us all. Thank you for paving the way for us by having your son Jesus come and die for our sins so we'd have an easy access into heaven by just believing. Bless us all and be with us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. Let everybody know if they can follow you in on uh, Facebook, Twitter. I still got I, I keep saying it every week. I still got to call you and sort of, sort of help you with this Twitter <laughs> stuff, but let everybody know your website and everything and what's your next track. Where y'all going next, Reverend? Our, our um, website is ontrackwithjesus.org. My email address is ontrackwithjesus at AOL.com. And you can follow me on social media with Joe Bubbico and on Facebook. And I believe it's at Joe Bubbico. And Twitter. I'm not positive, but I think that's what it is. Um, and uh, our next race out here is at Orange Show Speedway, a little flat quarter-mile speedway that I've been racing at for years. We'll have the K&N Series out here on the 19th of May. Reverend Joe, that sounds awesome. Everybody give Reverend Joe a follow. 
check out some of his stuff. Reverend Joe goes around, does all his stuff. Uh, he's doing all this on his own, uh, just on track with Jesus.com. Reverend, thank you very much. And uh, tell me, it's beta. We said hello, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday evening after the big race here, the Gecko 500 at Tyler Dick. And I'll see if you're still standing after all that walking. I safe? hope I am. <laughs> I hope I am. I'm uh, trying to talk Russell Brown into let me borrow one of them golf carts out there. Maybe I can talk him into that. That way I won't have much walking to do. That's a good idea. How much of a warranty did you get on those hips? Well, the doctor told me 30 years. And um, uh, I said, well, Doc, I mean, you know, you know, he said, well, how long are you planning on living? And I said, whenever the good Lord decides to take me is whenever I'm going to go. So I hope I outlive this hip and I have to have it redone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 30 years isn't too bad, but um, as long as they're not 30 dog years. Yeah, that would be a long time. Right? I don't know if I want to be around here that, that long being that old. <laughs> All righty. We'll talk to you next week. Have fun. Say hello to everybody out there for me and, and uh, stay out of trouble. Will do, Reverend Joe. We'll talk to you next week, bud. Thanks, man. All right. God bless. God bless. Bye. Reverend Joe there, the official reverend of the pit stop, Dennis Bunny, Stephen Wilson. Stephen Wilson, it's Dega week, but before we get talking about Dega, you're fresh off your trip from up there at Richmond Raceway, bud. That was a pretty good race, too, wasn't it, Stephen? Yeah, I'm glad that they have a pack underneath the lights again. They have a fairly decent crowd. Uh, I'd say about eight. 85% full out there, so it's good seeing a lot of people coming out. Um, a lot of new things going on there in the infield. I do like the new infield tunnel. Uh, you can walk through the infield and get down, get through the tunnel through the infield, and uh, you don't feel like you're uh, squished in there anymore like a can of sardines. It's nice and big and wide, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can fit about, I'd say, six, seven people shoulder to shoulder in there. I was going to ask you about that, Tunnel Stephen. That's funny. You must be thinking about the same thing I'm thinking in my mind also. I was going to ask you about that tunnel because last time Su- Suzanne and I was up there with you and AM, the tunnel, the to let our listeners know, Stephen was talking about the pedestrian tunnel coming from the uh, from the grandstands to go under the track down into the infield and all that. It was tight, but from what I've seen, some of the pictures, and, you know, we had Dennis Bickmeyer last week. Dennis spoke about it also. They widened it out, just like you said, it, and it made a lot more room. But some of the drivers, Stephen, they mentioned a little bit of a bump, you know, because the, the track and the contractors, they had to dig out all that and go back with a little bit of fresh asphalt right there above that. Could you tell that there was a bad bump above the tunnel from watching from the press box in your perspective there at Richmond? Well, I actually walked down there on the racetrack um, on Saturday afternoon about four, three or four hours before the race Dan. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you, there's probably a good patch of, uh, I'd say 50 feet, 55 feet maybe, um, you know, that in length that has, uh, they ripped they out of there to put that new tunnel in and they repaved it back down. Um, yeah, I could see that there was a slight bump into it going into that corner. Um, the transition is fairly smooth from all regards, but, you know, you could tell, you know, where they match the old to the new, you know, in that 55, 50 feet or so. Um, yeah, there, there was just that slight um, change in, um, you know, the transitions of that. That's right. And, Stephen, you brought up, too, uh, Richmond Reimagined is what uh, 
the track officials there and Mr. Dennis Bickmeyer we had on last week. To, uh, it's what they're what they're calling it, and uh, they're not completely done with everything. If I'm correct, I mean, they still have some stuff to do. They've got some of the new garage stuff going on. Can you let everybody know exactly what else that they're doing there and what? And it's and I think the timeline it should be finished by this coming fall race, correct? Yeah, so they, they've still got a fair amount of stuff still going on down there. The garages are not completely 100% done. Um, there's some work that is still ongoing within that area. There is some, uh, you know, stuff outside. And actually, Thursday, they're going to knock down the media center uh, at 11 a.m. And this, this is... Uh, going to make way for a brand new media center that will be taking place there but uh, as far as the second phase of construction they'll finish the infield suites that are down in turn one as well as the new victory lane building uh, they've got a an elevator in the tunnel that wasn't working yet that still has yet to get up and running so they'll probably they'll have that done by september um, but the garages, I mean, I walked through the garages and, you know, they look, I, I mean, I was up there a couple months ago and, you know, how much they've changed in just about two, two and a half months or so is uh, pretty incredible. Uh, you know, and they've got a lot of working space in there, Kyle Bush even noted that, you know, there's plenty of space to put these cars in there and they don't feel like they're jammed up with 20, 20 feet is what he said. Um, to work on a car and you can't even get them jacked up so uh you know uh lots of wide open area spaces in there there's a platform in there that people will be able to come and walk down just like they can uh in uh daytona and walk right up to the cars uh, but you know at daytona they're they're sealed off there's glass in between them and the platforms where they walk through into the bays this will be all the way the platform goes all the way into the garage the full length of the garage and there's nothing separating you from you and the cars in the garage. Um, so people will be able to get a pretty neat uh, overlook and uh, watch these teams work on their cars. That's awesome, but they're trying to get, get everything where the, where the fans can see everything and all that. And I applaud Richmond and Dennis and just like everybody at, at, at a NASCAR that like they did at Daytona, Got everything where you could, where the fans can get close up. But uh, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Uh, I'm Tim Despain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Coming up here shortly, we have a uh, uh, transport driver for JD Motorsport, Mr. Scott Revis, will be joining us. And I know I've, I've got a ton of questions for him. I hope I hope he can stay a while. I want to talk a little bit about uh, about the West Coast wing. And had a, a hauler driver on in a long time. I want to. These are some of the unsung heroes that never really get to tell their stories. And I want to thank Scott for taking the time to come on. And Stephen, uh, just talk a little bit about uh, about you, you and Anne Marie. Y'all covered the race awesome this past weekend up there at, uh, up there at Richmond Raceway. And uh, I think somebody sent me a picture. You was working like a dog. I hear you, brother, working like a dog. But uh, Kyle. <laughs> You know where I'm going with that. Kyle Bush come out with another win, Stephen. I mean, was this something you were you're expecting as far as watching the practices and all that there for the Toyota Onus 400? Or, you know, Martin Truex won the pole. Did it sort of play out like 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 you and the rest of the media members were were sort of looking at? Well, I, I 
you know, Kyle Busch did not have a great qualifying effort at all. I mean, he had a very, very bad qualifying effort. And he started 32nd. That's the deepest in the field um, that anybody has ever, not only just Kyle Busch, um, his, previous, his previous starting in the 30s or so there at Richmond and other racetracks um, really um, only garnered him about a second-place spot. Um, but 32nd is the deepest in the field that somebody had won at this racetrack. So it's, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of surprising, considering that early on a lot of the Fords were really, really good in the field. Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick, um, they were up there in the front for a good amount of time. Uh, but it seemed like as soon as the, the lights went down, oh, Martin Truex Jr., he was up front for a while um, battling with some of these other drivers. But, uh, you know, as the lights went down, the Fords struggled a lot. They weren't able to keep pace with the Toyotas. And uh, I was expecting somebody, maybe Martin Truex Jr. or somebody to go out there and win that thing when I start seeing but, you know, with those late cautions that came out, it uh, gave Kyle Busch really just that extra, um, you know, just a little bit of what he needed to be able to get out there and pass some of these cars and, uh, you know, take him to victory lane, um, which was, uh, you know, he, he, he's won at this track multiple, multiple times. You have to say that he's pretty much the... Uh, you know, uh, you know when he he's got these short tracks pretty much locked up, and uh, you know I thought it was, uh, you know, not really expected, but expected at the same time. Yeah, I would agree too. And I want to sort of change gears here a little, a little bit, maybe jump into second here. Uh, NASCAR on Fox, they come out with their uh, with their new fifty top drivers in the NASCAR and to let you know you and I have watched it and they've had these they, these older versions but this was a uh, NASCAR on Fox's version they wanted to sort of update it since we've had a lot more drivers in their top five uh, had uh, they were at Fox they were in the booth there with Mike Joy and, and Darrell Walter uh, was uh, Richard Petty was number one and correct me if I'm wrong I don't remember who was number uh, had Jeff Gordon Jimmy Johnson and DW, they were all in the booth there talking about that. And su- surprisingly, Dale Jr. was back like 32nd or something like that. I know Brad Keselowski was 29th on the top 50 list because I remember watching him. They were Shannon Spake, which we had her, her on a couple, couple weeks ago. She was calling Brad Keselowski number 29, you know, hey, 29 and all that. But uh, sort of get your take on that deal, Stephen, with the voting panel and all that that went on there. Uh, they showed a list on who all on who all voted, and uh, do you think that some of them should have went a little bit higher, maybe than what the others or what have you? Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of one of those arbitrary things, to, to be honest with you. Um, we we have um, we have a, such a broad sport that covers many different, you know, aspects, everything from the local racing, um, many different series there, and local racing, regional racing, and national racing, um, where, you know, other sports may not have this. They have a lot of players and a lot of key players, 
but you know they don't have the broad spectrum. You know, let's just take the NBA. They've got the NBA, and then they've got a couple leagues below that, and the Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, they they're you know they've got their league, and you know the independent league below them. And football is really just you know a couple of uh, you know oddities like Canadian footballs and stuff over in Europe and things like that, but. You know, none of it is really ties in like, you know, it would in NASCAR. And NASCAR is so broad and so deep that I think you can make arguments for a lot of different people um, across the spectrum and just not Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series drivers. And it, the problem once you get there is and you start pinpointing just, let's just say, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, um, you know, Richard Petty with his 200 wins, um, you know, uh, obviously he is never going to be able to beat as far as that. Um, you know, right. but you got Kyle Busch that has 150, 160 national series wins across three series. Um, you know, Dale Earnhardt, he's up there. Junior Johnson's up there. Um, uh, Pearson's there. Yarborough's there. Uh, I mean, you can go across, you know, a spectrum of 70-plus years and try and figure out who's the 50 greatest drivers or who's the 50 best drivers. Um, but, you know, I think at the same time, you almost have to look at this. You have to go even more granular than that. You know, when Richard Petty, Yarborough, Pearson, those guys were racing, you know, they were racing, you know, sometimes 50, 55, 60 races a year, where now we only run about 38. Um, you know, it's a whole different era, and I think you have to look at each era and see where they are, and, you know, it's it, it's so arbitrary, unfortunately, in my opinion, that, um, you know, I, I think everybody can pretty much agree on, you know, Richard Petty being the, the, probably the greatest driver that there is in NASCAR based on his records, but then when you go from there, I think we can make a case for almost anybody. And if you're just purely looking at wins, I don't think that's fair because there's so many other aspects of this sport, um, you know, other than just wins today. Yeah, I would definitely agree, Stephen. You know, we could throw Mark Martin in there. And like so many subjects you and I get on every Tuesday night, we could talk about this all night long. But let's go, let's go ahead and bring on our guest for the night. We have uh, Driver of the JD Motorsports Hauler for uh, Mr. Ross Chastain, uh, my good friend Scott Ravis. Let's bring Scott into the pit stop with Tennessee Stain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Mr. Scott Revis, hauler driver there for JD Motorsports. How you doing tonight, brother? Doing great. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, brother. Uh, got uh, Stephen Wilson over there on the on on the side up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, SpeedwayDigest.com. And Scott, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Stephen go first because Stephen says I always go first and I hog up the guests and everything. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Stephen talk to you first, brother, and uh, then I then I have a couple of questions there, and then we'll let you get out of here. But uh, thank you for calling in. I man. got appreciate it. Not a problem. God, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight to talk to us. 
you know, a lot of times we always talk to drivers, we talk to, we talk to team owners, and, you know, really the behind the somebody that, you know, that's on the road pretty much maybe 90% of the time throughout the year. So, just my first question is more along the lines of tell people what you actually do other than just drive a truck to the event and bring the car back home. Well, a normal week for me, um, if you want to just start out on a Monday morning, uh, if we've gotten back over the weekend, we'll come in Monday morning and we'll unload the bottoms of the trucks. Uh, a lot of the times, the cars will already be off the hauler if the guys work over the weekend, which they've had to do a little bit lately just because of the certain circumstances. But uh, we'll come in, we'll unload the, the pit boxes, and we'll unload all the garage boxes. We'll go through them, make sure every team's got everything they need, and it's all straightened up for them. And uh, it's, it's it's a lot of cleanup. Um, we'll go through the generators, make sure they're full of fuel. We'll wash uh, fire suits with four teams. That's a lot of fire suits. And uh, that's usually our Monday, Tuesday. Usually spend the time sweeping out, mopping out the haulers, make sure everything's as clean as it can be before they leave. And then on Wednesday is usually the day we leave. Uh, so that day we'll usually come in later that afternoon if we're going to get out that evening do the the DOT hours of service regulations. We can't come in too early or we're going to be just pretty much out of hours before we ever get out of the shop. And then we hit the road, and when we're in that truck, that's basically our downtime, um, if you want to call it that. You know, we're just bopping down the road. And once we get to the racetrack, normally if we unload – like normally we unload on Thursdays, so whether it's Thursday night or Thursday morning, depending on the event, um, we'll unload everything, set up the garages for the guys, um, pull the cars out, put the cars in the garage, and then set up the hauler for the guys to come in. And usually most races, other than like Richmond, where we had to pull out the haulers out of the racetrack because there's not any room anymore because of the new garages, um, we'll have everything set up for them. So as soon as they walk in the door, they can get to working on the cars. And, and, and you know some of this stuff, like when you when you guys get ready to go out through these long haul trips out like that. Talk about how some of these drivers get together uh, and, and make these trips. Just not from JD Motorsports, but just as a contingent of drivers and the logistics that go behind it. Sometimes. Well, most of the the haul we all do. It's a traveling circus. If anybody's ever been a part of, it, they know NASCAR is a traveling circus. You see the same people every week. And you're friends with, you know, it's just like any other. There's some people you like better than others. And <laughs> with me, I run with my teammates. I run uh, with my good buddy Scooter down to Ryan Seagrace. Uh, him and uh, Tony, we all usually try to get together. Now they're down in Atlanta, so they they tend to get out a little bit after us, and we end up just meeting up. Um, a lot of times you you can't get together and ride. Uh, there's times where I get out before my teammates do or they get out before me and they need to hit the road. Um, there's times where they'll stick another driver with me. And just for that same fact, if I can't get there legally, i got to have another driver in and we'll just roll through the night. That's only happened one or two times here and there. We've been able to pretty much get out on time where we didn't have to have that second driver where if I had to stop, I had the time to do so and make sure, like I said, to stop and get the truck washed and everything done. And uh, and I give the credit to my guys because I tell you now, those guys, I I can't speak for everywhere else. I've worked with several different race teams, but I, I will tell you, 
the guys that I work with there are some of the hardest working guys in racing, and I would be willing to bet they're still at the race shop right now working on their super speedway cars. You've brought this up just a couple of times already, and, you know, just for the people that are kind of listening out there, I, I understand that you talked about the BOC regulations and all that kind of stuff. But just talk about, you know, what that is to a team, and especially to a team that sometimes has to pull all the way out to a West Coast race, um, you know, on a weekend. The West Coast, just about every team is going to have two drivers, or you're just not going to get there. Uh, there are a couple of teams that made it out there with one driver, but they had to leave on on Monday. So if you understand the logistics of that, we raced in Atlanta on Saturday. We drove home Saturday night, and most of us, we unloaded the trailers just because it needed to be done then. The guys came in and worked Sunday, and we left Monday afternoon. And what we did, I had a second driver, so I didn't leave till Tuesday night. And... uh we drove on out, but the way the, the hours of service work is as soon as we start working, say if I start at 8 o'clock in the morning, I can't work past 10 o'clock at night legally. And within that 14 hours, I can drive 11 of those hours, and any time I drive eight hours straight, I have to stop and take a 30-minute break. You ask any trucker these days with these hours of service, and what they're basically doing to us as a truck driver, is they're taking the ability to plan our trips out of our hands. Um, if I get tired on the way to a racetrack and I want to take a nap, I'm forfeiting time that I could be on the road and that could be an issue later down the road. I do my best not to do that because, like I said, tomorrow we'll come in a little bit later than our normal start time. We'll get a little bit more sleep in the morning. But it's with the larger teams, the larger teams have been carrying around two drivers for, for years. And it's just something that we're getting used to doing now. And uh, it's nice to get home a day earlier. Like uh, normally I wouldn't get home from the West Coast swing till sometime Tuesday afternoon. And we were there roughly Monday morning before lunch, which was nice. And, and uh, Johnny gave us Tuesday off, which was really nice. And we got to reboot and recharge and take care of some personal issues that everybody has. We were able to do because we were gone for three weeks. Well, I appreciate you taking time to come on here, talk about a little bit of the logistics that goes behind this. I'm going to hand you over to Tim and let him uh, run you through um, the rest of the show. That's a lot. Be safe out there. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, uh, Scott, just to add to you, know, you know, I have my class A CDLs also. I work with the local electric co-op here. And, you know, we have the DOT stuff that we have to go through. But when we have a... Uh, just, just throwing this out there. When we have a, a, a storm or a state of emergency, uh, the federal government waives us as far as our as far as our driving time, which I know you probably wish that that could happen to you also. But um, just want to talk a little bit about, too, uh, I just want to throw out out there, Scott. just want to ask you, can you talk a little bit about whenever you get to the track? You know, Stephen, Stephen asked you what your duties were when you were not driving, and you talked about being at, at the shop and everything. When you're at the track, after you get everybody there, after you get everything unloaded, you get everything set up for for your uh, team. Is there anything else you do? Do you help with the pit crew stuff or like that, or do you or do you fire up the grill? We love talking about food, Scott. <laughs> uh, there are times, a lot of times, our PR people here lately have been uh, getting people to sponsors as far as catering for us. I haven't had to cook as much this year with these guys. Um, when I was in the truck series, I cooked. I mean, I think that's why they hired me, 
because of what I would cook, and there's nothing I couldn't cook on a grill. There'd be days we'd have chicken and dumplings or fried chicken or anything they could they could possibly want to eat. I I tried to make it for them, but as far as you know, beyond the cooking part of it, and most I say probably about seventy percent of the hauler drivers cook. Uh, some of the guys eat at the garlic garage, and for those who don't do that, that's the catering company that follows us around. And you can, if I want to say, it used to be fifteen dollars. I'm not sure, but they gave you food from the time you got there until the time they closed that night. And they usually close when the cup garage closes. Or you got uh, the guys like Hendrick, and they have a traveling kitchen that goes around with them. But as far as what I do, once everything's loaded and done, I will run and get fuel for the guys. Now we are a four car team, and we pull, but we only pull three haulers. I can say we're not assigned to a particular team per se. Um, if something needs to be done, we just do it. Uh, the guys, right. the crew chiefs know um, they'll come when they need something. The first person they see is the first person they're going to come to, and they're going to ask, "Hey, get this on the truck," and we'll go find it for them. And if they can't find it for them, we'll go ask somebody else if they've got it. And that's a lot of good things about making good rapport and having good friends in the garage area. Because you, you don't have it, somebody else does, and you kind of got to go pull some favors to get it. <laughs> But uh, exactly. I used to, I used to, I used to fuel on pit crews. I don't. I'm a little bit too old now. <laughs> My knees just don't <laughs> don't allow it anymore. Um, one of our other drivers, Jimmy, he does run second can for the zero car, and uh, so during the race, he'll be doing that while we're trying to get the the trucks ready to to load and get out the track. Because once the the green flag falls, if we're in a place where our guys are flying, they've got two hours to be on the airplane. So it's a, it's a mad scramble just to try to get loaded. But as far as us during the race, we're basically we're chefs, we're gophers, we're moms, uh, we're radio technicians, fuel pullers, basically anything that we need to be other than turning wrenches on the cars do the new roster changes of the NASCAR rules. Because as soon as I put a wrench to a car, I become a mechanic versus a truck driver, and that somehow in the in the scape of the whole landscape means something totally different. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it just means I'm not a truck driver anymore. Yes, sir. Playing more than one in a row. Uh, the number to call in, uh, listeners, is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Despain, alongside Stephen Wilson, com. We have a hauler driver, Mr. Scott Reavers, Scott Reavers from JD Motorsports. Scott, um, Stephen sort of touched on also about you know the the West Coast swing. You know, you said some some teams can take one driver and leave on a Monday and make it out there and all that. Can you touch on a little bit about when you're out there, when you're when you're in Vegas, Auto Club Speedway, uh, Phoenix out there? Do y'all have somebody that brings another car, or do y'all take all of them with you, or do y'all meet somebody maybe halfway back? Now, the way we do it is a little bit different than the other teams do it, just the way our haulers are set up. We've got two regular haulers that if you walked in, you have the two cars up top, you got your cabinets and everything in the bottom and the lounge in the back. The hauler that I drive is capable of hauling three cars plus equipment and has a lounge in it. So we went out there. In the haulers, we took seven cars, and then a pull behind on a dually, we took two more cars. So in total, we took nine cars out west. Now, a lot of the other teams have haulers that are hold six to eight cars, and they'll switch them at the various racetracks. Usually, so after qualifying, they'll let the trucks come in, and people will rearrange their cars in order to. They'll take the backup car, say for Vegas, take it off, and they'll put their Phoenix car on there and and move on from there. 
But um, generally, the way we do it's a little bit different than everybody else. Now, you got also got teams like Junior Motorsports. I think um, I can't remember the other teams. They go back and forth each race, and God bless them because that would, I just amen. Over the course of three weeks, driving over seven thousand miles. That's a lot. That's a lot of driving, Scott. And uh, can you add to that? Talking about seven thousand miles, which I know you probably don't know right out of the top of your head. I don't want to put you on the uh, spot. How many miles do you think you put on your rig per year driving all over the country for this sport? Per year, you're looking probably between sixty-five and seventy-five thousand miles. That is a lot of miles, Scott. That is a lot. Yeah, just, a lot. just so far this year, I think I, I was actually doing my, some paperwork today, and I think this year we've already driven 12,000 miles. God, that's a lot. God bless you, brother. And <laughs> how, how y'all do it there, you know, being safe and all that. And, Scott, my final question, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I always say that, so if I get if I get aggravating about putting you on the spot, <laughs> you tell me to shut up. But since then now, we were in Atlanta, and we were standing in the – Standing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series garage, I don't know if you can remember this, but um, we were talking to Kyle Ricky, and there was a problem with, I don't know if it was uh, it was old one hauler, if it was your hauler or something, did the... Um, I did know the, exactly uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> what happened on that? <laughs> me, me and Kyle Ricky was wondering, well, are they unloading the car for Vegas, or did the... Uh, did the hydraulics mess up? And uh, I said, Kyle, Kyle Ricky, I don't know. But I just wanted to ask you, what exactly happened? Yeah. Did something turn um, up? Yes and no. Um, this That was our newest hauler. That's Ross's hauler. And um, basically, we we were trying to remember why we were switching the car. And I can't remember exactly why. But um, what it happened is we started to go down with it in the that was a screw lift, but you got metal pieces that go down and up. Obviously, there's a screws to turn. And on the left side, the rail started coming out of the post, which meant any second now, this thing could fall. It was going to drop. Okay. It was going to drop. And, I, and I'm standing around, and I'm watching people, and everybody's looking at it, and they're standing underneath it, and I'm trying to get people away. I'm like, you don't understand. This falls off 3,500 pounds on your head. And the... I mean, I get the the oddity and rarity of something looking like that, but that could have been very dangerous. And we got a lot of help from the track when they brought over the the forklift and stabilized the rear end, and we were able to bring it down. And then, pretty much the next day, Jimmy took it to the fifty one fifty race trailers, which is the brand that we bought it from, and uh, took it up there, and they reinforced the living mess out of it. And so far, we haven't had any more problems with it. But it's, I it's, just happened to think I, about this, Scott. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, the, the the man that works on trailers at the racetrack gets a workout. I can promise you that. Uh, we've seen them at our. We've had some really weird issues with our haulers in between our generators and some of our hydraulics. And when he's working on it, that man's phone is blowing up. So I feel for the man because he's definitely earning his paycheck. Yes, sir, he is. And Scott, uh, my final question: uh, <clears throat> You getting ready to leave? Come down here to my home track. This two point six six mile monster I call Taldo Super Speedway right out my back door. <laughs> You're getting ready to come down here, right? When you, when y'all leaving out, coming down? Um, should be around six, seven o'clock tomorrow night. I should be coming down, so I should be getting there around midnight, one o'clock. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm uh, I'm off Thursday, Friday, of course, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and we're gonna do a couple of live shows there. I know Stephen has a commitment for 
Saturday. He can't join us, so Suzanne's going to fill in for Stephen. We're going to do a live show Sunday morning also. But I'd like to, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like to maybe get up with y'all, maybe get some interviews and all that with our live podcast uh, before the Sparks Energy 300 there at, uh, for the National Race Finish Series there at Tyler Super Bowl. And, Scott, again, I want to thank you for taking time to come on. If you want to thank, uh, like Stephen says, we always let drivers thank sponsors, of course. You know, I don't know if you got a sponsor <laughs> or not. But if, if you want to thank anybody, <clears throat> excuse me, your uh, team, some of your drivers, who always helped you get where you're at, uh, you got the floor. And maybe follow, uh, everybody can follow you out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and all that, my friend. You got the floor. Yeah, you, you want to follow me? I'm on Facebook at Scott Revis, R E A V I S. Um, on Twitter at S Revis 517. Um, just give a big shout out to my guys at the shop who I know are working hard tonight. Um, for a smaller budget team, this is a race we look forward to because the odd, the playing field is even. And if anybody's watched us at these super speedways, we come to race. And uh, we got Ross is always doing real well at these, Garrett's doing really well at these. We got a rookie in Vinny who's who's showed some promise at these racetracks, and we got Front Row Joe running the 15, and we always knows he's he's capable of pulling out that win. So this is one of those tracks where we're we're looking for that miracle, and uh, I can promise you if that miracle is to happen, there's going to be a big party in Gaffney. But uh, just big shout out to our sponsors, Flex Seal, JES Trucking, um, Auto Keys. Who else? We got a bazillion of them. <laughs> and, uh, but just all those guys, and without them, we don't race. And uh, you know, the, with the with the state of the way things are, it's harder and harder to get people to realize the great investment it is to do what we do and to, to get your get your company on a car. So if uh, anybody out there is looking to make a good investment, we're in a good place to do it. Just give us a call at the shop and ask for Tony. And uh, last not least, give a big shout out to Mr. Johnny Davis. Um, there aren't too many men Amen. in the garage. I respect more than that man right there. Amen, Scott. And, again, thank you for taking time out to call in and talk to Stephen and I, and we really appreciate it. Safe travels down to Talladega, and I will be uh, I'll, I'll be hunting you up Saturday morning to see if you got anything on the grill or see what we got to eat. <laughs> we'll see what we can pull up for you, Tim. All right, brother. Thanks, Scott. Y'all be safe coming down, brother. That's Scott Revis there. We'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you at the track this weekend, brother. Y'all be safe coming down, like I said. See you, Ben. Uh, y'all too. We'll see you there. All right, Scott. Scott Revis there, Stephen. We we normally don't get to hear that side of the story from the hauler driver and what all they go through. You know, he 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 brought up a good point. Some of the big name drivers like Hendrick, they have one driver. And, you know, like he said, his hauler is capable of carrying three cars. So when they went out to the West Coast there, that smaller team there with J.D. Motorsports, they had to on out there and taking everything with them when they go. And that's that's a big deal there, Stephen. A lot of these, a lot of our listeners and a lot of the NASCAR fans don't realize just what goes on behind the scenes with a gentleman like Scott, Scott Revis, the hauler drivers, like I say, the unsung heroes and, you know, I want to give a big shout-out to Scott. I mean, he busts his way. He talks. He busts his butt every week. And uh, it's just something to hear the other side of it, Stephen. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people. You know, it's not just 40 drivers or 38 drivers or how many drivers that are on the track each and every week in the career chase. And, and a few team members that you see on TV, there's hundreds of people that go behind the scenes and do a lot of things to keep this going. You know, he, he said it very perfectly in the fact that, you know, NASCAR is a traveling circus where they come to town, they put everything out, 
and, and they pack it all up and move to the next town the next week. Um, you know, and there's a lot that goes into it. And I think a lot can be said also in the fact that, you know, when you start hearing these stories and what the logistics are that actually go into it, you know, we always get it time and time again, well, why don't we pick up a race? Why don't we move a race here? Why don't we do this with a race? Why don't we do that with a race? And people just don't understand the logistics that come behind it sometimes in these decisions that's made. It, it's one of those very fine line decisions that, you know, on one side of the coin, you know, uh, you know, picking a race up and moving it from here to there or, or you know, changing the time of a race or doing something with the schedule uh, has major, major implications on just not, you know, the racetrack, but everybody that has to pick the pick up this series and move it from racetrack to racetrack every single week. Yes, Dale. I mean, there is a lot that goes into that. And some of, you know, you and I both see it on social media, Twitter and everybody doing all this. Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And you, you hit the nail on the head, Steve. Logistics. You can't, there's so much that goes into this side. And I'm glad we got Scott on to actually let our listeners know exactly how much goes. I mean, there's, he probably didn't even, he probably didn't even touch the, touch the cream on the top of the butter for getting into whatever, what all he does. Cause I mean, he did like, like he said, he has to, he has to play, you know, two or three different roles, uh, because of the, uh, the, uh, team budget and all. But, uh, I want to thank Scott Rebus again for coming on. I really appreciate that. And I'm going to, I'm going to check him out here, here at uh, Dega that Saturday and see if he's got anything cooking. And uh, he better not give me a can of Vienna because I don't want no Vienna. I want something good to eat. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, 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 he always walks through the garage and there's a lot of stuff going on in the garage, that's for sure. Especially people cooking all the time. Oh, God. And it, Stephen, the smell, I mean, you know, it's not a bad uh, I don't want listeners to think it's a bad smell. I mean, the smell of all that cooking and them dry. I mean, you know, golly, you just walk over. But Scott did say that they'd been getting some catering stuff going on. Steve, I know we're coming up here on top of the hour, and uh, uh, we're going to Talladega. Let's talk a little bit, a bit, a little bit about that. Uh, my home track, like I keep saying, right out my back door, right here. Russell Brown and Grant Lynch going to put on a hell of a show this weekend. We got the Arca. Arca series will be out there Friday evening, and uh, Suzanne and I we're gonna after the Arca race we're gonna go to the uh, the uh, big one on the boulevard. And oh, 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 let me let me back up a minute. Uh, uh, I forwarded you the email. I got an email from Todd Oak Super Speedway. I am going to Thursday. We're having a media luncheon and uh, sort of a press conference for the media there at Todd Oak Super Speedway. Uh, Bubba Wallace is gonna be a available to us. I'm going to take off and go out for that. I'll send you pictures and everything, let you know all the everything going on there. So I will be attending that media luncheon at Talladega Super Speedway for Bubba Wallace Thursday, and Suzanne and I will be covering, well, we, we'll we'll be at the track Friday for the ARCA series. They're coming down for the General 200, General Tower 200, and uh, Saturday morning, I understand you have a prior engagement, so Suzanne and I will be going live in the garage there, prior to the Sparks Energy 300 there for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And then you're going to come on. You're going to handle everything while I'm at the track, while Susan and I are at the track Sunday prior to the Geico 500. So we got a lot going on, a lot to talk about. There's supposed to be a special announcement come out. Uh, I think me and you got the PR, Ralph Fenway Racing, which I think it's already broke out. Everything's already leaked out. Uh, Matt Kansas, rumor is Matt Kansas is going to come back to the uh, – to Ralph Fenway Racing and run a part-time schedule with Trevor Bain in the sixth car. Am I correct, Steve? 
from all indications of what's already been, um, you know, what, what we consider confirmed at this point through multiple outlets is that, you know, yes, um, Pat Kenseth is going to come back. He is going to uh, replace um, Trevor Bain in a select number of races. None of this has, uh, you know, been formalized on, you know, what exactly is going to happen, how it's going to happen, whatever the case may be, but not. Um, from some of the things that we're hearing that Matt Kilgore could be back in that car next month. Um, so a lot going on over there at Ralph Fenway Racing as they continue um, to rebuild that team. Right. Exactly. And Stephen, like I said, we're coming up here on top of the hour. We want to get your predictions for the Geico 500 this weekend at Tildex Super Speedway, which, you know, we always have the big one. You and AM, y'all going to come down this fall in October. Y'all going to – that'll be your first trip here. Yeah, you had not seen nothing until you seen racing at Tildex Super Speedway. I mean, it's – like Russell Branham said, it's no nowhere other on this planet do you see racing at Tildex Super Speedway. I just want to get your prediction. I know we're going to have the big one. Uh, could we see a first-time winner? Yes. No. Maybe. You know, David Reagan won here. Uh, the David and Goliath show. I mean, there's you go way back to Bobby Hillen Jr. won his one and only race here at Talladega. There's there's so much that goes on here, so much that can happen. It's wide open white knuckle weekend all weekend long. What do you predict we're looking at for this weekend here at this monster facility here in Tidal Super Speedway? Oh, well, I don't expect anything less than just, you know, wild and crazy, you know, uh, racing that's going to go on. Uh, as far as, you know, predictions on a winner, you know, we, we always say that Daytona and Talladega are the great equalizers. Um, it, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're Hendrick Motorsports or Go Green Racing or whoever, you know, in the field. It is the great equalizer, uh, and we've seen time and time again stars of the sport crash out of these races, and, uh, you know, either an unknown, a driver that's up and coming, a driver that's, you know, trying to improve each and every week, um, go on and score a win. Um, even some of these smaller, mid, mid, moderately uh, funded teams, like, you know, you were just talking about David Reagan here a minute ago. Um, you know, a lot of this can go on. Um, when the big one will happen, who knows? It can be any time, and it'll just be, in my opinion, just wild and crazy as it always is in that 2.6 mile mile. It never fails, does it, Stephen? The monster can reach out and grab you. Uh, and like I said again, uh, the number of calling is 215-383-3681, but we're just going to jump off of the air. Uh, I will be attending, like I said, Stephen, the media deal there with Bubba Wallace Thursday. Uh, Suzanne and I will be doing a live show from the Media Center Garage Saturday prior to Sports Energy 300. You can call in 215-3-336-81. And Stephen Wilson there, Steve Digest, he will be joining us. Uh, he'll be manning the studio uh, Sunday prior to the Geico 500. And uh, 
It's going to be awesome, bud. I can't wait. Stephen, let everybody know if they can follow you on social media and your website. you got a great website there at speedwaysdigest.com. Um, yeah, so you can follow us there on Twitter at Speedway Digest, Facebook.com, Speedway Digest, all the stuff going on, things to get posted out there. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Amen, brother. Stephen, thanks again. Till AM and the boys, we said hello, and I will stay in touch with you shortly after the media event there Thursday with Bubba Wallace, see if any news comes out. But like I said, follow uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, follow uh, PitStopRadio.net, uh, Tim in Spain at, uh, at TD Lyman, Twitter and everything. Stephen, thanks, brother. Uh, Going to be a long weekend. I'll stay in touch. Uh, I'll email you, text you, call you, and whatever you need for your site, brother. And uh, I'll talk at you next Tuesday, bud. All right. Have a good one. Have fun out there. I'm going to try and walk 112 miles. <laughs> All right. I won't, brother. I talked to you this weekend there. Stephen Wilson. Good night from Tyler, Alabama, to next Tuesday. I'm Tim to Spain alongside of Stephen Wilson at SpeedwayDigest.com.
This is power. This is tradition. This is Talladega. The biggest party in NASCAR returns April 27th through 29th. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.